Business Briefing brought to you this week from the Melbourne Economic Forum, where economists are talking everything from competition law to the National Broadband Network. Janine Dixon, Senior Research Fellow at the Centre of Policy Studies, Victoria University, seemed to be warning the government when she presented on the state of income in Australia. Our living standards, as measured by income, haven't improved over the past four years, and if there's no changes to increase productivity or participation in the workforce, this could be set to continue, as Janine explains. The main reason behind that is to do with the the large fall in the terms of trade. Now, the terms of trade is a measure of the difference between the price of things that we produce compared to the price of things that we consume. So over that period, we've seen sustained falls in uh, the prices of major resource commodities, which has meant that when we go to the world market, the thing that we sell is getting us less income, and so we're able to exchange it for less in terms of imports that we want to consume. You also described a past relationship between income and unemployment. Can you explain how this is is changing? Yeah, so uh, one of the key drivers of income is, in fact, um, economic activity or output. Now, in the in the most recent slowdown in income, we haven't seen much variation in economic activity, and that uh, the slowdown in income has really been driven by these price effects, um, as as shown by the terms of trade. Now, in past periods in history, perhaps in the in the 1980s recession and in the early 1990s recession, there was also a fall in incomes. But uh, the key driver of the fall, both in, in both of those recessions, uh, was a fall in output. And that fall in output uh, was accompanied by high unemployment of, of 10% or more. This time around, we don't have the high unemployment, which is a good thing, but it also means that the solution to the problem is less obvious. So in both of those earlier recessions, it was it seemed pretty apparent that if you could get unemployment down, then output would recover and incomes would recover. This time around, we're looking at an income recession that's very much more driven by these external factors. Do you describe a scenario, the dog days? Can you expand on this a little bit more and, and how long will this last? You almost sort of hinted at the dog days could possibly be over. I, I did hint that the dog days could be over in the presentation, but I was working on a scenario which was basically consistent with uh, forecasts in the Commonwealth Federal Budget. So if the stars align and those um, those structural factors um, that the Commonwealth has built into their budget uh, do in fact occur, then we'll see real incomes recovering and in about two years we should be back to where we were in 2011-12. The dog day scenario was initially formulated by Roscano in his book um, called Dog Days. Now that book, I think, was published in early 2014, and it would have been written, uh, you know, in the 12 months leading up to that. And so Ross was quite prophetic in that he foresaw an, an ongoing period of income decline, and so far he's been correct. So here we are now in 2016, and real incomes are indeed. Um, a fair bit lower than they were in 2011-12 and much lower than you might have thought they would be had growth actually been positive over that period. Slow growth is all right in a rich developed country. Our levels of income relative to uh, many other parts of the world are very high. Um, So in that context, slow growth is okay. But it is very important if growth is to be slow that growth is inclusive because slow growth for people 
on low incomes who live in a rich country is not what we're looking for. So uh, it's all the more important that growth is very inclusive if growth is to be slow. And in Australia's current context, uh, looking at, at, at our growth and the recent downgrades from the IMF of global growth, um, how do you think we're tracking in that? Well, I mean, over the last four years, growth in incomes has indeed been negative. We hope that that'll turn around. But yeah, growth has certainly been negative in incomes over the last four years. Even if income inequality doesn't widen any further, for people at the lower end of the income spectrum, uh, slow growth in incomes uh, does make life difficult. You mentioned uh, multi-factor productivity. Could you explain what that is and what role that might have in productivity as a whole and therefore the standard of living? So multi-factor productivity is an economist term for basically doing more with less or at least doing more with the same uh, amount of inputs. So multi-factor productivity is an extremely important driver of growth. It's basically because of multi-factor productivity growth that um, incomes today are roughly double what they were 40 years ago in the 1970s. It's not to be confused uh, with labour productivity, which also includes a component of so-called capital deepening, which basically means that uh, when you stack more capital goods into the economy, that makes workers more productive. Of course, that's important too, but capital has a creation cost and capital um, owners uh, need to earn a return on the capital that they install. So what sort of other factors, if we're not talking about capital, can add to this? Well, there's capital in terms of business capital, but there's also capital in terms of public infrastructure, things that can facilitate people um, being able to work more and being able to work more productively. So uh, things such as uh, good roads and good transport, um, things such as a good NBN, all these things will facilitate um, productivity growth. There's a bit of discussion around demographics that happen today as well, in particular um, women coming back into the workforce and the age workforce. Do you think there is some um, scope there to increase the amount of participation in the workforce? There was a report recently released by uh, PwC about uh, making the most of our older workers. They found that Australia is only mid-range in terms of participation in the older end of the workforce. So there's certainly scope uh, to improve the economy through employing older workers for longer. I do think though that it needs to be on a voluntary basis. Sometimes we we only look at the production value of people and not at the uh, the leisure value that they might extract from actually enjoying their retirement and I think the same applies to females in in the workforce. Now there's obviously been a big increase in female participation in the workforce but as a working mother, I can't say it's necessarily utility improving. It's good for economic output, but we do need to, to understand that we need to strike a balance between people working more and people working the amount that they want to work. In the Grattan Institute's book on creating cities, they give us many examples of uh, just sort of case studies of families that just cannot get it together to get mum and dad both off to work in the city within the constraints of heavy traffic, of long commutes and of limited childcare options. That's Janine Dixon, Senior Research Fellow at the Centre of Policy Studies at Victoria University. You can catch more business briefing by subscribing on iTunes, where you can also leave us a review. Our theme music is by Ben Sound, and I'm Jenny Henderson, Assistant Business and Economy Editor.